Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. To convince a child to keep walking, try switching roles with them. Let the child play the role of the parent. They'll immediately do what you want them to do. You are raising in your home people that the Bible is very clear about their status. They need to be converted. Not just a conformity of their behavior. They need a transforming encounter with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate priority. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Thanks a lot. Dad, this is Wretched Radio. Nothing more than feeling. The father of modern theology is the man, at least in great part, we can thank for, well, pretty much the mess that we're in these days, inside of the church and out. Who is the father of modern theology? It is one Friedrich Schleiermacher. That's right. Those Germans helped contribute to the melees that we see in our culture where up is down, down is up. A girl can be a boy. Pink is now yellow. Why are we living in a world where truth, objective truth, is so roundly, soundly, roundly denounced? The answer in part is the father of modern theology. You may recall here on Wretched Radio, we will visit individuals throughout history, the 1900s, the 1800s, who reflected at least a seed, the germ of the worldview that is so prevalent these days, and that is there's no truth. The individual determines what truth is. We didn't get here overnight. This took time. This took centuries. Why? Because it ain't easy to override the obvious. You got stuff. There's a stuff maker. How hard is it to disprove that? Well, it's impossible ultimately, but it takes a lot of effort to get rid of God. And to get rid of him, you must get rid of his objective morality, his objective truth, his objective righteousness, and let every man be a ruler unto himself. And Frederick Schleiermacher, who lived between the years 1768 and 1834, who is dubbed the father of modern theology, is the father of modern liberal theology. Now, there were some who predated Schleiermacher. Uh, You had Kant. He didn't help Hegel undermining objective truth. But really, Frederick Schleiermacher, I think, contributed even more than those fellows to the undermining of truth. Let me take you to a book, A History of Western Philosophy and Theology. Yes, It's as galloping a read as the title insinuates. I got to tell you, every time I read a philosophy book, I am reminded, and I'm just going to use the word hate. I hate philosophy. I just hate it. It just, it's, it's just, it's such a mental gymnastic exercise that forces me to just think in ways that it's like, come on, why are you working so hard at this? Take a look at reality. Duh. Pretty much operates like this. Now, how can we connect the dots? How did did all of this happen? We can intuit some things, but philosophers, they take ideas, experiences, and they turn it into such a bowl of mush 
that it makes my head crack open. Let's see if we can learn, however, something from the theologian-slash-philosopher Frederick Schleiermacher, to whom we can say thanks. Thanks a lot for the state that we're currently in. His book, The Christian Faith, probably closer to the first systematic theology book than any other book that had been written up to that time, Schleiermacher does not believe that religion should be derived from natural theology or philosophical reasoning, nor does he think that religion can be reduced to morality. So what is religion to Schleiermacher? He's convinced there's something distinctive about religion, and he wants to uphold its uniqueness. And he does that through a German word. You're going to hear the root, gefiel, G-E-F-U with an umlaut, H-L, gefiel, feeling. And he calls that feeling intuition. And he lets that intuition reign supreme in the life of every individual. That it is the feeling that determines reality. He uses religious consciousness, but for Schleiermacher, Christian doctrines are accounts of the Christian religious affections set forth in speech. So the immediate source of knowledge about God isn't the scripture. It's not doctrines. It's not church tradition, but religious feelings. Now, this was back, what, 200? Let me see if I can do my math on this one. He was back uh, in 1930, almost 200 years ago. So when you see people making such eye-crossing statements that deny the reality of truth and that morph it into something that is totally foreign to reality, you can thank guys like Schleiermacher. This did not happen overnight. This, This is coming from the church. This is coming from a theologian. 200 years ago, these concepts, the foundation of foolishness was being laid by these guys. Scripture records the faith of the first disciples and communicates that faith, a religious feeling. So when you run into a contradiction, so when church people are fighting, whether Reformed and Lutheran, Catholic, Protestant, whatever, deal with that contradiction by appealing to the feeling that we all share. Doctrine doesn't divide Well, if it does, feelings unite. It is a worldview that is imported into Christianity that we are now seeing in full bloom today. This principle is common to liberal theologians, that divine revelation cannot take the form of propositions, information, or doctrine. Doctrines, they're created by human beings out of the reflection on their religious feelings. Now, You're probably having to endure some of this because that philosophical lingo, I'm trying to stress feelings, that John Frame has identified the source from which liberalism sprang and that feelings are preeminent. That's why we're where we're at today. This goes back centuries. All liberal theologians agree. No propositional truth, because that would mean that in Revelation, God tells us what to believe and what to do. And that would contradict the most fundamental principle of liberal epistemology, that human autonomous thought has the final word. If Carl Truman, if you're listening, hold on. <laughs> if you're listening, 
you could write another a follow-up book to Strange New World. Do you remember that great book? If you haven't read it, I commend it to you. You should. Because he traced a philosophical history to help us understand how it is that we have come to this postmodern place where we feel so foreign. He could do that with liberal theologians. He, and he could predate Schleiermacher, but he certainly would spend a chapter or two on Friedrich Schleiermacher. Did you hear the word autonomous? Autonomous thought is the final word. So if you're in an argument with somebody, well, this is how I feel about it. That settles the ants, the score. Is it any wonder that there was a fertile field for postmodernism? This is Friedrich Schleiermacher does not believe that the scriptures, confessions, and creeds of the church are important to theology. Huh. Where do you get your framework for living, your understanding about God? You guessed it, derived from religious feelings. For Schleiermacher, the propositions of theology must be derived from non-propositions, from feelings. Since people feel differently about different things, it's difficult to imagine how any level of theological agreement could be reached or how anyone could even argue one theological position against another. That Those are the words of John Frame, and he's right, but that doesn't stop them. His doctrine, Schleiermacher's doctrine of God, is co-determinant of the, quote, feeling of absolute dependence. Why are you dependent on God? Because it feels like it. Well, doesn't the Bible say that? Doesn't matter what the Bible says. That isn't propositional truth. Your feelings are. Do you feel dependent on God? Then you're dependent on God. Oh, you don't. Then you're not. It's feelings driven. That is, God is the name of whatever it is we feel absolutely dependent on. Sin, not a violation of any particular command. He calls sin external and legalist. He thinks, probably better stated feels, that it's arbitrary that man's eternal life could be made contingent on one decision of one man at any moment in time. So he defines sin differently. Sensuous consciousness. What? sensuous consciousness, a preoccupation with the world rather than God. What did Schleiermacher seek to do? Well, write his own religion, basically. And that is what liberalism has continued to do for centuries. Now, can we thank these German liberals for what we see today in culture where up is down and black is purple? Uh, yeah, we can in part. Philosophers contributed you had the romantic poets, if you recall. You you had Nietzsche, Freud, even Oscar Wilde contributing to the undermining of Christian ver verities. That there is just truth. And it is outside of us. It is indeed knowable. And it is determined by another. Uh, they would say it's determined by feelings. That's what worldly philosophers taught, and so did German liberal theologians like Friedrich Schleiermacher. Thanks, Friedrich. This is Wretched Radio. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. 
That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Friel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Hey, hey, well, October is here. That means pumpkin spice everything, everywhere you look. <laughs> Plus, that also means football season is in full swing. Oh, and of course, the Devil's Day is coming up. That's right, Halloween is coming up. And I don't have to tell you that Sugar Hype kids are going to be coming knocking on your door, whether you like it or not. So you better be prepared. We've got a way to help you send them soaring higher than any cavity-induced candy you could ever give them. I'm talking about giving them gospel booklets from Wretched. You can give them the treat of all treats this Halloween, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't have to skip the candy if you don't want to. No, you don't have to. You can actually include it with the gospel booklets, but gospel booklets are on sale right now in the Wretched store as low as 99 cents per booklet. Now through the 25th. And you'll want to order by the 25th, so you'll have them in time for the devil's day that's halloween get them before they're gone at wretched.org sorry to ask you to do some math but this is math that is going to make you very very happy listen to this one testimony of a woman who chose life when i found out i was pregnant i felt like i was being pushed to get an abortion my papa's exact words to me where this isn't a birthing center find somewhere else to go and i came in and i met melody and it was this instant connection and i told her what i was going through and it was kind of like having an instant friend and instant family take that one testimony and multiply it times 54,253. And what do you get? The number of babies that were saved because you have been supporting pre-born centers around the country. Would you please consider helping us grow that number by providing ultrasounds? $28 per ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life at preborn.org slash wretched. Important dates in Christian history. 863 AD. Cyril and Methodius, Greek brothers, evangelize the Serbs. Cyril develops the Cyrillic alphabet, which remains the basis for the Slavonic used in the liturgy of the Russian church. Even the alphabet can be a reminder of God's work in the world. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. That's an oxymoron. This is Wretched Radio. Have you noticed the proliferation of lies? This is nothing new. Perhaps we're just exposed to it more courtesy of <coughs> social media. But of course, the world would be filled with lies. Why? Uh, because the prince of this age, the prince of this earth, is the father of lies. He hates truth. Why? Because he hates the God of truth. And so, of course, he loves lies. And lies are his modus operandi all too often. 
for getting the world to take their eyes off of Jesus, the King of truth, to believe lies, believe themselves and their hearts and what they're saying to them, and sin and go astray and reject the gospel. Lies are a big deal. And I have a slew, and I chose that word very specifically, a slew of lies. But before we get to the lies, Jimmy, I've actually got not one, but two pieces of really good news. Oh, Number one, do you recall the campaign to send 10,000 MacArthur Study Bibles to the Philippines? Well, we're starting to receive Thank you letters. And if you are one of the people who supported our effort, our joint effort with the Master's Academy International to get Bibles into the hands of people, you're going to hear a thank you letter from May that perhaps will encourage you that what you did was a very good and lasting thing. Maybe you thought, well, you send a Bible, the person gets it. That's the end of the story. No, it's not. Listen to the letter from May. I'm one of the recipients of the MacArthur Study Bible, so generously given with the help of gospel partners. That's you. This will help me in my daily study of God's word and will inform, instruct, inspire me in my walk with the Lord, as well as my service to the Lord in my family and my church ministries. That's why giving a study Bible is a really big deal. It equips people to teach Sunday school, to teach their children, and to defend against that. Hey, what about that Bible verse right there? And it looks confusing. And and it, it maybe looks pretty condemning towards Scripture. Oh, there's the footnote. There's the explanation, my pagan friend. That's what, that's what you've done by sending study Bibles to the Philippines. I just wanted to say thank you very much, and may God continue to be glorified in your ministry. God bless. How encouraging is that? That's some good news. By the way, if you're not plugged into the Masters Academy International, everything they do is legacy. There's nothing wrong with Christian ministries that kind of do one-hit things, but that's just not the way that TMAI operates. Everything is about long-lasting impact. They train pastors in 18, 19 countries and many seminaries around the globe so that pastors can fill empty pulpits and preach. That makes a generational difference. A Bible that can be handed down to children can be used for family study, for their Bible study at church, in evangelism. Uh, that's that's impact stuff. You can learn more about the Master's Academy at wretched.org slash Bible, or if you prefer, wretched.org slash pastor. Jimmy, I have some other good news right here. Okay. It appears Michael Brown has found some free time huh. to study Andy Stanley, oh. which is really great because, you know, historically, Michael just doesn't have the time to study guys like Benny Hinn, hmm. Ken Copeland, to know what those guys are up to. I mean, that would take a lot of work to sleuth that out. Headline from Michael Brown, it's time to be blunt about Andy Stanley and gay Christians. Wow. Why is it that it is so easy for so many to criticize a teacher who is off on sexuality subjects but not theological issues? I know this sounds severe. Theological crimes are greater than sexual transgressions. They're worse by a lot. And we need we don't want to become just should have been said like this. Oh, and that, that preposition should have been used instead of that preposition. Uh, we don't want to become that. Although 
so often, so much of social media seems to be the fertile ground of so many of those people. But we do need to make sure, though, that we don't go to the other extreme and never judge these people. We don't do it joyfully. It's not done gleefully. But if you can't see a guy like Benny Hinn and Ken Copeland and cry wolf, honestly, what, with whom can we apply that moniker? Is there anybody who qualifies? How much research do I need to do on a person to determine um, the dude in the mansion and the $7,000 suit flying around in a private jet in first-class hotels telling lies to people to get their money from them? I don't need to study a whole lot to realize that's a wolf right there. Let's get to our lies, shall we, Jimmy? Oh, oh, by the way, I, 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 speaking of Andy Stanley, I did receive an email from Jay. It was Andy Stanley who said, John, who described himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved, Andy said that John had a pride problem. <laughs> what? <laughs> ah, Jay writes pithily, John was willing to rest his entire identity in being loved by Christ. Nothing about him was important by comparison. And that's why he identified as the, as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Remember John 13, he loved them all to the end. So John wasn't saying he loved me and he didn't love them. Pride problem, no. He was saying, this is who I am. I'm the one who Jesus loved because it is personal. Yes, it is for his entire body, the church, but it is also very personal, very relational. I'm sure John had a pride problem like we all do. But it wasn't because he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. Here's some lies for you. Headline, mammals may use same-sex behavior for conflict resolution, bonding, and more. What? So apparently we've got enough funding and free time uh, to apparently use binoculars to check in and see what animals are doing behind closed doors. Not that they know what a door is. Why are they doing this? What, what's the point? I can only conclude it's to show, see, we're just an animal like them. It's so natural. We just, we see it with all of these animals. Lies. It doesn't matter. What does it matter if an animal does that? Does that somehow negate what the Bible states? And nature clearly calls and identifies as abnormal, an abomination. For one population of male macacas, same-sex behavior may even be a common feature of reproduction. Okay, let's see if we can sleuth this lie with them. So gay macaca monkeys <laughs> actually helps facilitate reproduction. Let's read on. And it's related to establishing dominance within groups, handling a shortage of different sex partners, or even reducing tension following aggressive behavior. Oh, right. Thumbs up. To same-sex macacas. What a bunch of nonsense. It may contribute to establishing and maintaining positive social relationships. Do you hear the lies of evolution buried in the word may, might, could, suggests? We've observed that possibly it's just nothing but lies. Male same-sex behavior was likely, not definitively, likely evolved in species with high rates of male adulticide when adult males, animals, kill other adults. The team 
of scientists believes that this suggests the behavior may be an adap- may be an ad- adaptation meant to mitigate the risks of violent conflict between males. See there? Same sex is good. What a lie. Here's another lie that social media, it, it, it doesn't affect you. Excessive scrolling on TikTok apps can lead to sleep problems. It can lead to more problems than that. 68% of respondents admitted using their phones within an hour of going to sleep every night. Um, it's not a sin to do that. But if that does describe you, you do have to ask the question, do I need that? And if I feel like I do, why? What is it that is in there an hour before you go to bed that's better than, I don't know, reading your Bible? People spend nearly six hours during the work week watching videos on YouTube. What are the effects of these things? Chronic smartphone scrolling linked to marital dissatisfaction and less intimacy. Perhaps that got your attention. Speaking of lies, Alice Cooper. What? Alice Cooper. He said this, it was in an interview. Most people I know, young people I know, think Jesus Christ is a swear word. They go out of their way not to believe in him. I think it's because people don't want to give up their godship. They believe the Hollywood version of, oh, I do more good than bad. Lies. And I go, Satan's got you right where he wants you. Yeah, that was Alice Cooper. That that guy, Alice Cooper. Because I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, those are the truest words ever spoken, and how can you deny that? So as far as I'm concerned, my life is based on truth now. One of the devil's preeminent lies, if not the biggest whopper, is the first one that he ever told in the garden. Did God really say? And that's what he continues to say today over and over again. You don't need to submit to him. You don't need to follow his rules. He's not going to judge you. And here's the biggest lie. You're a good person. That is not a sweet little lie. This is Wretched Radio. Well, it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks. First up, a victory for free speech. Over in the UK, a man recently won a legal battle against his employer who told him to stop speaking out against anti-white racism online. After posting a video denouncing the racist abuse of white people, he was hauled into a disciplinary meeting and told his views were offensive, even though he never mentioned his employer. Thankfully, common sense prevailed and a judge ruled his free speech rights had been indeed violated. Talk one up today for sanity. In other news, the gloves are off in the world of fact-checking. Canada's public broadcaster CBC got slapped on the wrist. Their fact-checking of politicians has shown clear anti-conservative bias. Oh, you know, that's shocking. A liberal-run news outlet cooking the books against conservatives. Ah, no one saw that one coming, but hey, at least there is someone calling them out. Well, so, uh, I'm contemplated not even telling this story. The host of The View suggested this week that the conflict with that the conflict within the GOP invited Hamas to attack Israel. People are needlessly losing their lives halfway across the country. Babies are being beheaded. There is absolutely no mercy being shown by Hamas. But somehow the hosts of The View find a way to blame it all on Republicans because, well, 
they hate Republicans. And it would be easy to return vitriol with even more vitriol, but let's just pray for these ladies because they are undoubtedly without Christ and in desperate need of a whole lot of prayer. And in education news, ACT test scores have hit a 30-year low. And given the state of our public schools lately, I can't say that I'm very surprised by it. Years of disruptions by the pandemic and an increasing focus on politics over quality instruction, well, they're taking their toll on our kids. We just need to get back to the basics. Reading, writing, math, history, and not rewriting history. You know, all the important stuff, our kids deserve better, don't they? Well, and finally today, religious persecution continues overseas, where officials in Indonesia are trying to revoke the permit of a Christian school, claiming that it would cause disharmony in the Muslim-majority region. Funny, I don't recall any officials being as nearly concerned about harmony when those roles were reversed. But hey, another reminder that we need to be praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over this world. What we think is bad in this country is nothing compared to what Christians in other parts of this world are facing every single day. Pray for our brothers and sisters abroad. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. The Book of Psalms is a collection of divinely inspired songs of praise for every season in life. There are songs of lament, thanksgiving, praise, celebration, and remembrance of God's mighty deeds, all to help us find our soul's delight in God in all circumstances. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. You have an avenger. This is Wretched Radio. The world is enamored by superhero flicks, uh, not the least of which would be the Avengers. Why is the world so attracted to these superhero stories? It's because they're knockoffs of the true Avenger, Jesus Christ. You say, hold on, Meek and lowly, that's Jesus. Indeed, he is. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us that he is also the avenger, the one who gives recompense as the world screams, we want justice, we want justice. And they define it as a redistribution of assets. God defines justice differently. There will be retribution on those who commit acts of evil. And he is the one who's going to dole it out. And you say, why do I need to know this today? Because no doubt you have been sinned against. No doubt there is somebody from your past who has harmed you. We'll just call him the bad guy who has hurt you, and maybe you're struggling because you're angry. Maybe you feel a lack of joy. You You were damaged. You were hurt that badly. When bad things happen, it affects us profoundly, and maybe that's the state that you continue to linger in. You need to know that you have an avenger, and I would go this far especially if you are having a very difficult time doing anything but hating the perpetrator of the crime committed against you. You can't get it out. 
You can't even imagine fulfilling Jesus' command to love your enemies. This just might help you. This would be 2 Thessalonians. That's different than 1 Thessalonians by one number. It is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Whoa. Remember, 1 Thessalonians, Paul told them, you have an avenger. There's one who will give recompense for sins. It is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Now, remember, sins, they are both vertical and horizontal, predominantly vertical. They are sins against God. That would be Psalm 51. But God sees that the sins are also committed against his people. One Puritan said people make such a mistake when they mess with the apple of God's eye, which are his children. And so when judgment day comes, when the avenger is sent forth by the father to dole out recompense for the evil that was done to you, it is in part because it was done to you. And he's going to avenge you. Now remember, this is all about God and his justice, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't do this also on your behalf to repay with affliction those who afflict you. He sees it, he knows it, and he hates it. And to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, dealing out retribution to those who do not know God, do not obey the gospel of our Lord. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes to be glorified in his saints on that day and to be marveled at among all who believed. Kind of look forward to that day more and more, don't we? You need to know that on that day, the evil that was committed against you, it will be avenged by Jesus Christ. And you need to know how awful that day is going to be for the one who hurts you. We talked about this in Bible study this week. Alpharetta Bible Church, sorry you missed it. Because everybody's been scarred. Everybody's been wounded. Everybody has been hurt. And we do need to work through these issues. And the way to get us from being stuck in hatred and bitterness I think, is to study the avenger and what he is going to do to those who have wronged you. This is Revelation 6. I looked when he broke the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun became black. Whew. The whole moon became like blood. The stars of the sky fell to the earth. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it was rolled up. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places then. The king of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man and everybody who has harmed you hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains, fall on us, hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? You've got a choice. Would you rather have mountains fall on you? That's not a good option. Or face the wrath of the lamb? And these people choose the mountains crushing them. Because that will be less awful than facing the wrath of the lamb. So who has been troubling you? You have an avenger. 
who's caused you grief, your avenger will punish that person on your behalf. If anybody has done wicked things to you, you will receive justice as your God grinds your enemy to powder. That would be Matthew 21, 44. So if you have been abused physically, sexually, spiritually, emotionally, Jesus will avenge you. Maybe somebody took something very precious from you. Jesus is a meticulous record keeper, and he is going to pour out vengeance. That belongs to him. That would be your Romans 12, 19, Rexella. That he is the one who extracts punishment. Now, let's see if we can potentially put this together. Knowing that you will be avenged. Knowing that God is not just going to address your criminal, the person who has perpetrated a crime against you, a sin, a wicked, evil act against you or your family. He's not going to be sitting rather placidly in a robe behind a bench. He's coming in a stallion with a sword coming out of his mouth, with blood on his thighs. And he is going to grind your enemy to powder. How could that help you? I recognize that this isn't an easy ask, especially if the wound is fresh. But when you can, and remember, healing is a process. It is not a quick fix, just take a Bible verse and you're all better. Sure, sometimes that happens, but traumatic events, are, are, are they can be debilitating. And we can, in our flesh, want to play the Avenger. And, and we can harbor so much bitterness, and you might be there. So please, uh, don't think that I'm not mindful of that. But when you can, the longer you can think about Judgment Day, the more compassion you're going to have for the person who has wounded you. That's right. You'll move to compassion and maybe even eventually love. How, how could that be? If you remember in John 14 through 16, we have an inclusio. Jesus began chapter 14, his discourse with the disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. And then the last verse in chapter 16 is don't let your hearts be troubled. In other words, everything in between is intended for you to know so that your heart won't be troubled. And Jesus says something to the disciples that you might just glance over and not realize is such a comfort. John 14, 28. You heard that I said to you, I go away and I will come to you. All right, here's the question. Is Jesus saying that he's going to go away because he's going to die and then return to them after he rises from the dead? I don't think that's what the context tells us. If you love me, you would have rejoiced because I go to the Father, for the Father is greater than I am. So what return is Jesus talking about? Judgment Day. And if you can spend time thinking about the Judgment Day of the people who have wounded you, and you realize that they will experience eternal conscious torment where the worm never dies in a lake of sulfur where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. If you can let yourself imagine that is the fate of the ungodly and linger on that, I'm, I'm, I'll even push it as far to say meditate on that. Your heart 
will start to move from bitterness, anger, and revenge to, whoa, what's going to happen to them? When the Avenger returns, it's going to be awful for them. And you will get to the point where you don't desire that for anybody, even the one who has done something so heinous to you. If you've been scarred, it can heal. And perhaps a way to expedite that healing is to consider what's going to happen to the person who has done you wrong. Jesus is furious. Now, that person, if they put their trust in Jesus Christ, Jesus will have received the wrath that they deserve for wounding you. But if they do not, he will pour it out because you have an avenger. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thanks for listening to Ratchet Radio today. We are so grateful for your ongoing support. Whether you're giving to us monthly, ongoing as a gospel partner, or if you're purchasing resources from the Ratchet store, everything you do helps us to reach the world with the gospel. And honestly, we need you because we can't do any of this without you. We are looking for partners who share the same passion we have in spreading the gospel to people everywhere. And understand, we're not only asking for your financial support, we're asking for your prayerful support as well. Your faithful and consistent support is what helps us to reach millions all over the world with a life-saving knowledge of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate. You can get all of the answers to all of the questions that you have right now on what it might look like in your life to do so. Wretched. Amazing grace amazing gospel. Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles and the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines, but they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who 
who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Master's Academy International. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Advocate. When we as God's redeemed people sin, Jesus is our Advocate before the Father. It is on the basis of Christ's righteousness that we are saved, not our own works. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. How should you think about Jesus? The answer is, it depends. This is Wretched Radio. If you have sinned, you need to remember that Jesus is indeed a friend of sinners. He's meek and lowly, and his burden, it is light. He is the Lamb of God who lived a life and was sacrificed on your behalf in submission to the Father. When you sin, that is how you should think about Jesus. When you're sinned against, you should think about Jesus as revealed in the book of Revelation. Scary Jesus, terrifying Jesus, Avenger Jesus. Let me share with you a quote from a dead guy, a Puritan, this from Grace Gems, quoting Psalm 12, verse 5. Because of the oppression of the weak and the groaning of the needy, I will now arise, says the Lord. I will protect them from those who malign them. Here's Winslow. Never are the ungodly committed to a mistake more suicidal and fatal. Let me let me let me make that contemporary. Unregenerate men make the biggest mistake of their lives when they lay the hand of injustice and oppression upon the saints of the Most High. God is for them. He is the avenger of all those who put their trust in him, the widow and the fatherless and those who touch them touch the apple of his eye. The God of the Christians is a strong Lord. All that strength, it's on the side of his people. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Consider this truth that the Lord is the strength of his people and the avenger of all who are oppressed. The Lord stands up for his oppressed ones. He's the avenger of all such. It is God who avenges me, says David. Leave him, O oh my soul, to vindicate your character, to redress your wrong, to rid you of your adversary. And he'll bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. That is what will be the fruit born out of considering Jesus the avenger when you have been sinned against. In Christ, you are the apple of God's eye. And because he has kept a record of the wrongs committed against you, 
The person who harmed you has made a very grievous mistake. Let's dwell on the recompense that they will receive from the avenger who will seek, find, and destroy every unredeemed sinner who's ever sinned against you. Your avenger is going to crush your enemies. So whatever awful deed has been done to you, the Lion of Judah, not the gentle lamb, the Lion of Judah will pursue your nemesis and demolish them. And he will do it for all of eternity. Dwell on it. Think about it. Because if you have been really wounded and it's lingering and it's not healing, whatever the abuse was, somebody pressured you to abort your child. Oh, wow. Wow. And, 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 and you can't heal. You can't get over this. Let's dwell on what Jesus, the avenger, is going to do to the person who committed such a horrible act and gave you such wicked advice told you lies, deceived you, and maybe coerced you to commit a sin that you still can't get out of your heart. Or you have been, you, you, you were in an accident. Somebody was a drunk driver. Oh, man. And you, you, because of it, you can predict the weather well. Your joints, the bones, whatever it is that doesn't work like it used to. Rest assured, your God saw it. He tolerated that, that evil act, but he hasn't forgotten it. He's recorded every event in his book, Revelation 2012. And he's going to slay your abuser. He'll extend no mercy. He'll grant no reprieve from the unrelenting punishment that he will dole out on them. And that's why we are told in Romans 12, never take your own revenge. Leave room for the wrath of God. Who's going to do a better job at vengeance? You or Avenger Jesus? Why not just be patient? Let it go and let him deal with it. He's going to do it better. Revelation 19. I saw heaven open. Behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. On his head, many diadems, and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself, clothed with a robe dipped in blood. The word of God and the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. That might be you, depending on timing. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God. And on his robe and on his thigh is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Let him deal with it. Let him deal with it. You, you, you prefer that because he's going to do it better. He'll do it exactly right. He will exact the correct payment. You can't. You, you can't do it. So let your avenger, knowing that you have one who has been fully aware of what you've been suffering, and he's going to avenge you because you are the apple of your eye, of his eye. And maybe because of this wound, you've been you've been living like a second class Christian. You think. But I would challenge you if you feel like, well, boy, something really dirty was done to me. 
Oh, okay. Maybe, 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 maybe I'm a Christian, but I'm, I'm, I'm in coach. Nope. There's only first class Christians. There's, there's, there's no comfort zone or whatever they call it these days. There's, there's no coach. There's only first class for Christians. And that includes you. You, you, you feel like you have been so damaged that God couldn't possibly want you. Or if people knew about this, oh, how embarrassing, how shameful. I would challenge you to do what I challenged our Bible study group to do. Go look for the Bible verse that says that God has tears of Christians, that there are some Christians that are in excellent standing with God and some that are in pretty good standing. Well, barely. Go ahead, find that verse. We'll wait right here. You're not going to find that verse. If anyone is in Christ, you're a new creation. Anyone. So no matter what somebody has done to you, you don't need to be ashamed. King Jesus is going to deal with them. So if you've been feeling like, oh, I am kind of a back row Christian, your thinking is wrong. And facts now need to speak to your feelings. So here's the facts. You are in first class in God's economy. You, you, you're, you're in totally, completely. Whatever thoughts run through your mind as you ponder your past, correct theology must be applied to your thinking. God loves you no less than he loves any other individual that he has brought into Christ. There are no second class Christians in God's kingdom. Can you believe that? Can you rest in that? Can you trust that? I wonder how many years it's been for you. How many years has it been? And it's still vivid, isn't it? You can run that film in your mind. Whoa, it is as clear today as the day that it happened. Would you take some time today to rest in the knowledge that your Avenger has got your back? and your front and your sides and your tops and your bottoms. And you then can remember that Isaiah 118 didn't say that some of you are white as snow, others cream colored, others still have some crimson stains besmirched on you. Nope, white as snow. In Christ, whatever, what, whatever, whatever was done to you, will be dealt with, and it will be horrific. Horrific. I would like to challenge you to spend some time today thinking about this from two perspectives. Number one, what is going to happen to the person who did that to you? And, 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 and let it linger there until you start to feel even a slight shift in your emotions toward that person. I'm not saying this, this needs to be accomplished today, but start. And then second, I would encourage you to consider it from your perspective that you don't have to feel like a back row believer anymore. You, you don't, you were sinned against. You didn't even commit the sin. And, and, and yet you're, 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 you're allowing it to linger. And I understand that. I, I, I genuinely get that. That's entirely human. But Jesus would like to remove that feeling of shame that you have. He'd like to take it away. Why don't you spend some time thinking about Jesus, the Avenger, today? And let him do that. And until tomorrow, 
Go serve your King.